It's a dying business. 800 stores have been closed recently, but a ragtag army of investors boosted its stock in a move that had many scratching their heads. GameStop, the company of the hour. But for how long? A small group of young investors sent the stock market into a frenzy this week, organized on Reddit, an online forum for all sorts of interests, including stocks. They wanted to see if they could make GameStop's stocks soar. It's a beloved video game store reminiscent of Blockbuster, but it's been struggling. Almost a thousand store closures since 2019 and more to come. On Monday, the stock was trading at $18 a share. By Wednesday, $150. The Reddit investors succeeded. Now embroiled in a controversy. They're locked out. Come now. You who say tomorrow I will do this and make money, James warrants, we don't know the future. Christ does. And better yet, he's our future. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. This is our second to final day in a month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Easter isn't for a couple of months yet, but one of the beautiful things about reading the entire Gospel of Luke is that this month, Easter comes early. We've been steadily marching through this account of Jesus' life and ministry in our series Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, and today we reach Luke chapter 23, the trial and crucifixion of Christ. It's the heart of what we believe as Christians, that Christ died for us. And Luke's account gives us so much insight into what that means and why it's so important. So please stay with me. Hear the powerful reading from the Gospel of Luke feature film. Let's just stand back and be amazed together at what Christ has done for us. And he did it on the cross. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of this DVD where you can see the action of Jesus played out before you as you hear Luke's gospel narrated for you in either the NIV or the KJV. Stellar sets on location in the Mediterranean, talented actors, and most important, the word of the Lord. It's something you need to hear and see. I think it will help you better know Jesus here in 2021. So call us after the program. Make your gift and ask for the Gospel of Luke DVD. Our number to call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, and there we've put up some sample scenes from this DVD. See what I'm talking about, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now... We Are Messengers opens this haven today. Into the night, heaven came near, wrapped in flesh, the King is here to bring us life and be our peace, to heal our hearts and set us free. Sing in glory, hallelujah. Glory. 
that you just heard. Come see. Glory. Hallelujah. They're called We Are Messengers. And I'm Charles Morris here on A Haven Today. Now next to the last episode of our program this month called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Something Luke keeps coming back to as we've read this month is that Jesus' coming was good news for those who were mistreated even exploited by rulers or religious leaders. Jesus refused to cater to the powerful of his day, and instead he chose to love, to eat with, and to even serve the lowest of the low in society. It's not just a reminder of where our hearts should be in this world. It was all in preparation for Luke 23. Jesus didn't serve the weak and the outcast of society. He became one, a mock trial a frenzied crowd driven by hatred for a man, social and political pressure to execute Jesus. The crucifixion was a massive injustice, humanly speaking. But behind the scenes, God was working. Our sins were on the table. Our salvation was accomplished. Let's listen to part of the story from Luke 23. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, And they began to accuse him, saying, 
We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he'd been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, he spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. Verses 1 to 25 of Luke 23 from the Gospel of Luke DVD. I'm Charles Morris, and this is Haven Today, and a program called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. The entire trial of Christ Jesus was rich with irony. There he was the king of the universe, the Lord of glory, as the apostle Paul would call him, being put on trial as if he had no authority. But it gets even more ironic. Herod 
one of the rulers of Galilee dressed Christ up in royal robes. He dressed Jesus as a king as a way to mock him. Herod didn't realize who he was mocking. And in much later times, neither do we. Of course, those of us who believe in Christ don't mock Jesus out in the open like Herod and the Romans did. We don't put royal robes on him as a joke, but we mock him when we neglect him. And we mock him when we mistreat the very people he's called us to love and serve. Proverbs 17.5 reminds us that to mistreat the poor is to show contempt for the Lord. The irony is rich, and it should drive us to our knees. Luke 23 reminds us that Christ is worthy of praise. He really is the King of Kings, and mocking him only makes us worse, not him. The religious leaders hated Jesus, and they hated him because they felt he was a threat. Verse 1 and verse 5 shows us how insistent they were that Jesus was dangerous. He's stirring up the people. He's misleading our nation. He's subverting us. He even opposes Caesar. Jesus was a threat to the way of life they had created for themselves. They had married their faith to political power. They had pledged allegiance to Caesar and Pilate in exchange for social benefits. That's a dangerous game to play. And Christ was a threat. Christ was leading people away from absolute allegiance to Caesar. He was leading people to see their citizenship in heaven as far more important than their earthly citizenship. He challenged people then, and he's still challenging us now to consider where our true allegiance lies. Is it in political influence? Is it in social acceptance? Idolatry of power is dangerous. Those religious leaders idolized their power. But as one pastor put it, idolatry will eventually take you where you would never go and make you pay a price you could never afford. What began as compromise in order to attain influence became lying about a man in order to put him to death. It's a warning to each of us, I think. Power is not the goal of the Christian life. The church is not meant to be a tool for power, love, and service. Those are our aims. And when we value the Lord's love and serving our neighbor more than we value the power that compromise might bring, we honor the Lord. Jesus was put to death because he refused to play the power game. He understood that earthly powers don't really have any authority. But even here, we have to remember that Jesus was willingly submitting himself to crucifixion. That was the goal from the first breath he took as a newborn in his mother's arms to his final breath there hanging on the cross. Jesus was born to die. He was mistreated. The crucifixion was a perfect display of what happens when religion becomes about power and manipulation. But he was going to the cross not by being forced. No one takes my life. I freely give it. That's what Jesus said in John 10. And he went to the cross as an innocent person. And in the text that we read, Luke 23 makes that clear. Four times in the text we heard, we're told that Jesus was innocent. 
Pilate said it three times. I find nothing wrong with him. I did not find him guilty of any of your charges. What evil has he done? I find nothing in him worthy of death. Herod sent Jesus back to Pilate with this verdict. Nothing worthy of death has been done by him. And actually, if we were reading the entire story, we'd see that Jesus is pronounced innocent at least seven times. At his arrest, he asks why they've come out as against a criminal. I was with you every day. As he's hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of humanity, one of those being crucified on one side said, he's done nothing wrong. After his death, a centurion who was watching the crucifixion exclaimed, truly, this man was innocent. What was going on? Well, Jesus said it. It's your hour and the power of darkness. Even though he was innocent, the darkness was closing in. What was going on here? Everyone knew that Jesus was innocent, yet the crucifixion continued. And that's the point, isn't it? Our salvation depends on Jesus being innocent. The crowds demanded his death because they hated him. They were lied to. But Pilate, Herod, and even the religious leaders knew he hadn't done anything worthy of death. Luke is showing us that Jesus truly is the suffering servant that we read of in Isaiah 53, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus went to the cross as an innocent man, not condemned as guilty, he went to the cross after being declared innocent. Why? Because he didn't go to the cross for something he did. He went to the cross for something we did. It's our sin that's being laid on him. The innocent went in place of the guilty. Christ had to be innocent. The spotless lamb slain for us so that we, the unclean, the sinful, can walk free. That's why Luke told us about Barabbas. Barabbas, a guilty insurrectionist murderer charged with attempted violence on the government. The crowd demanded him back instead of Christ. Christ went in his place. And it's a picture for us when we read this story in Luke 23, we can see ourselves. We are Barabbas, guilty of plotting against the king of kings. We are the religious leaders, prone to trade love and faithfulness for power and influence, prone to use our faith as a weapon. We're Pilate, defenders of Christ until it comes time to face the consequences. Then we back out. We are Herod curious about Jesus because he was famous, but when he failed to meet our desires, looking for a little magic trick or something to be displayed, we cast him aside. We are the crowds. Our sin put him on the cross. And yet when we look at this story through the eyes of faith, we see ourselves in Jesus. He went to the cross for us and not for himself. He was saving us when he went. We see the cross as something done by us, but we rejoice that it was something done for us. Our salvation 
is found in a crucified king. This is Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior. May we not forget it. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He Golden sang it, Stuart Townend wrote it, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, a program called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. I'm Charles Morris. Wasn't it good to turn our eyes to the cross today? It's not even Easter yet, even though, as I said, Easter's coming early this year. 
Too often, we forget about what Christ has done for us. The sacrifice was real. The pain, both physically and spiritually, real. And that's why it's so important that we spend time with him in his word. And to better understand who he is and what he did, that's why I want you to see the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. And as you watch this word-for-word feature film straight out of Luke's gospel, your affection for Jesus will grow. Actors portraying the powerful story read from the gospel. And on this DVD, you get to decide, do I watch it with the NIV or the KJV translations? This DVD will help you this year in your walk with Jesus. You just need to call us right now and make your gift to the ministry, but ask for the Gospel of Luke DVD and we'll send it with our thanks. The number to call again is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch those sample scenes in the movie and make your gift there on our website at haventoday.org haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow when we end with Luke 24, this wonderful time we've had together in the third gospel. And we'll do this together in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When we think of our God as an all-consuming fire, as Hebrews tells us, our first thought is in the negative, isn't it? It means His holy wrath is unstoppable. That's true. But there's another layer of this idea that puts us firmly on holy ground, Moses and the burning bush. Exodus 3 tells us what Moses saw the bush was on fire, but it didn't burn up. A perfect analogy, a life set ablaze by the power and purpose of the Lord, on fire with faith, yet not consumed, in fact, protected by that flame. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. Don't put that fire out or hide it. Let it shine for the world to see. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.